New Year's resolutions don't work. Well, unless... Welcome to Bite Size Behavioral Science. My name is Lon Langston, and it's my job to translate the best behavioral science into stuff that we can all use every day. So the New Year's almost here, and you're probably cynical about New Year's resolutions and the New Year's restart, and you should be cynical. You're right to be, because it usually doesn't work. And when, I'm, when I say usually, I mean almost never. New Year's resolutions and restarting in the New Year almost never works. Well, except that behavioral science tells us that it does work. It just doesn't last. But there is a tool that we can use to make the changes that you want to make stick. I want to be clear about what I mean when I say behavioral science. So we humans are always trying to predict the future. We're trying to manipulate it. We're trying to bend it to our will. We're trying to make good things happen in the future. But more than that, we're trying to prevent bad things from happening. And in order to do this, we create rules about how the world works. And these rules are based on our personal experience and the experiences of people we know personally. And they're also based on the media that we consume. So that's part of our experience, the social media and the news media that we consume. Okay, but the problem is that our personal experience and the experiences of people we know makes up a very small data set, and small data sets are not predictive of the future. And the problem with the media that we consume is that the most accessible media tends to be sensational headlines and not substantive depth. So what behavioral science does for us is it gives us large, deep data sets. It studies lots of people over long periods of time so that it is predictive of the future, so that we can each accurately predict and guide our own futures. When I was a kid, we rode dirt bikes. My friends and I were lucky that we lived in a place where there were lots of trails for riding, but still occasionally we'd get bored from riding on the same old trails and we'd want to carve new trails through the woods. Well, riding on well-worn trails is easy. Carving new trails is challenging. Doing what we've always done is easy. Changing is challenging. The only way to make the changes that we want to make, to make the improvements that will make us happier, healthier, wiser, and wealthier, is to establish the habits that will lead to those changes. From a neurological perspective, a habit is a neural pathway in the brain. And establishing a new habit is like carving a new path. It's literally myelinating a new neural pathway in your brain. The New Year is what behavioral science calls a temporal landmark. Temporal means time, so it's a landmark in time. New Year's, anniversaries, birthdays are powerful temporal landmarks, at which point change becomes a little bit easier, especially temporal landmarks that end in zero, by the way, for some reason. But at a temporal landmark, change is easier. It's like a rocket booster. You probably know that spacecraft leaving Earth often have rocket boosters that help them get free of the gravity of Earth and get into space. From the old space shuttles all the way to the current SpaceX Falcon 9 rockets, they use these rocket boosters to, to get free of Earth's gravity. Well, a temporal landmark is like a rocket booster. It helps us get started. Now, a rocket booster burns out really quickly. The Falcon 9 rocket boosters only burn for 163 seconds. 
and then they fall away, and very amazingly, they land back on Earth. But they're, they're only boosting the Falcon 9 for 163 seconds, less than three minutes. That's kind of what a temporal landmark does for us. It gives us a boost. Now, that boost burns out very quickly. So in the time that we're in the boost, we need to establish habits. The New Year's rocket booster lasts until about February, which can be frustrating and disheartening if that's all you have. But if you use the power of the temporal landmark to put good habits in place, the temporal landmark, the booster rocket, burns out, but the habit continues on and on. F.M. Alexander was an actor back in the 1940s, and he's kind of famous for coming up with this technique for teaching people how to perform. So he taught actors and musicians how to perform better. And he said, people do not decide their futures. They decide their habits, and their habits decide their futures. Another way of saying that comes from John Dryden. So John Dryden was England's first poet laureate, and he said, you first make your habits, and then your habits make you. So there's a tool to keep your desired behaviors, your good habits, going for years and years, maybe even for your whole lifetime. And that tool is called an Optimal Habits Checklist. In 2017, Jerry Seinfeld did a Netflix biography called Jerry Before Seinfeld, Jerry Before the Seinfeld TV series. In this biography, he talked about his creative process. And he said that he learned early on that the secret to great comedy was great writing, and the secret to great writing was to write a lot. So he challenged himself to write every day. And as an accountability tool, he bought himself one of these calendars that has all 12 months on one page, one big page, and he hung it on his wall. And every day that he would write, he'd make a big red X on that day. And after he had written several days in a row, he realized that these X's, this row of X's, looked like a chain. So he came up with this mantra for himself, don't break the chain. There are apps people use to measure their food intake, either by counting calories or counting points. And there's an app that people use to measure their alcohol intake called Sunnyside. And of course, we can use our Apple Watch or Garmin or Fitbit to measure our exercise and to give us all kinds of fitness data. This may be enough motivation for you, but if you want a little more, you can plug that data into an Optimal Habits Checklist, and an Optimal Habits Checklist kind of supercharges it because it allows you to set goals and see trends. And the Optimal Habits Checklist allows you to track all kinds of behaviors and habits that apps do not. In fact, you can plug anything into your Optimal Habits Checklist. Measure what matters for you. An optimal habits checklist is not a task list. A task list is for the things you need to do on a given day. An optimal habits checklist is for things you need to do every day, or at least repeatedly. Time generally works against us. We get older physically every day, and the world keeps changing, so our knowledge becomes outdated. The clock and the calendar are relentless. But the optimal habits checklist flips the equation. The Optimal Habits Checklist makes time work for you. James Clear said, good habits make time your ally and bad habits make time your enemy. As most of you probably know, James Clear wrote the book Atomic Habits. So Atomic Habits was written back in 2018, but it was the best-selling book on Amazon in 2023, five years later. 
And the audio version was the best-selling audiobook on Audible in 2023. If you're not one of the 15 million people who've already read Atomic Habits, I highly recommend it. Habits compound like compounding interest. Good habits compound, but bad habits also compound. So what you repeatedly do creates your future. The secret is to do more good habits and to do fewer bad habits. Well, the Optimal Habits Checklist helps you do both. The Optimal Habits Checklist helps you do more of the good things you want to do, more of the good habits, but it also helps you reduce the bad habits. If you want to drink more water, track your water consumption. If you want to drink less alcohol, track your alcohol consumption. If you want to eat healthier, do some research and figure out what healthy eating means to you and then track the healthy foods, but also track the unhealthy foods. If you want to read more, track the number of pages you read a day, or even just track the fact that you read that day. If you want to spend less time scrolling or gaming, you can track the number of minutes that you scroll or game every day, but even more simply, you can just set a time limit for yourself and just track the number of days that you stay within that limit. The cool thing about tracking behaviors is that it both increases good behaviors and decreases bad behaviors. Most of the time we know what to do. It's just difficult to do what we know consistently. By the way, most diets and exercise plans work. Just pick one or craft one for yourself and do it. But it's the and do it part that's the difficult part. And that's where the optimal habits checklist really helps. It's a battle between immediate gratification and future benefit. And we humans are kind of predisposed to want the immediate gratification. If you're trying to decide whether to drink green vitamin water that tastes like it was made from something you cleaned out from under the lawnmower or a milkshake, the sugar is going to win out over the grass clippings. Bad food tastes good now and sitting on the couch feels good now and scrolling feels really good now. But the way to flip the script is to shift the satisfaction and the Optimal Habits Checklist helps you shift the satisfaction because checking stuff off your Optimal Habits Checklist is extremely satisfying. The Optimal Habits Checklist is just a spreadsheet. It's a spreadsheet that you can build yourself. It's not a proprietary algorithm. I'm not trying to sell you a product. It's just a spreadsheet, but it's a spreadsheet that tracks your habits in several different ways. That's the power of it, that it tracks your habits in several different ways. If you'd like to see a visual of this, if you're listening to this on a podcast platform and you'd like to see the visual of what an Optimal Habits Checklist looks like, you can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Lon Langston, and you'll hear this exact same audio, but you'll also see an example of an Optimal Habits Checklist, and I'll highlight the different parts of it. So open a spreadsheet in your favorite spreadsheet software. And I recommend that you put your habits, the habits you want to do more of and the habits you want to do less of in column D, because we're going to use columns A, B, and C for something else in a minute. So put your habits in column D. It doesn't matter what order you put them in. You put them in whichever order makes the most sense for you. So you may want to group things together. You might want to group your nutrition together and your work stuff together and your personal stuff together, or you might want to do it chronologically. You might want to do it like the first thing when I wake up in the morning and then go chronologically throughout your day. It doesn't matter how you group them. It's just whatever makes sense for you. In fact, when I first started teaching this in a group setting, one of the complaints was the order that you put these things in doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, well, because it just made sense to me. And I learned later that when you're teaching it, you need to make it a little more logical. But it's up to you. How, Whatever order you want to put them in, whatever makes sense for you. And by the way, you can tweak it, right? You can change it. And it's, it's easier to change it when you're changing maybe at the beginning of a year. But you can change it anytime. So put your habits listed in whatever order you want to in column D of your spreadsheet. And then across the top, in rows two, three, and four, put the date. So January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, across the top. And then maybe the Julian date if you want to. And then the day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And yeah, 2024 does start on a Monday. So January 1st and Monday, and that's the first day of the year. That might be your top three rows or rows two, three, and four, because row one is we're going to save for something else. Then you put X's in the cell where the intersection of that habit and that day are. So every, every day that you do that habit, you put an X in that cell. And then after a few days, you get the Jerry Seinfeld chain effect, right? You can see the chain. That is the first motivator about the optimal habits checklist. That's the first thing that makes this work is that you see that chain and you don't want to break that chain. So the visual component of it is important because you'll not only put X's on that row, you'll put X's in the rows adjacent to that, right, for the other habits. And so you will have this visual of what all these X's look like. And you don't have to use X's. You can use whatever. I mean, I just use X's because that's what looks visually appealing to me. And that's what Jerry Seinfeld talked about. But it doesn't matter what you put in there. Just as long as you put some kind of mark in that space so that you know you've done that habit on that day. Or if there's no mark in that space, you know that you've missed doing that habit on that day. So the first motivator is the chain. Don't break the chain. But we're inevitably going to break the chain, at least on certain habits. And by the way, certain habits you don't even need to do every day, so there won't actually be a chain. So we need some additional motivators. We need some additional metrics. So in column C, we're going to measure each habit in a different way. We're going to measure each habit across the whole year. So column C is going to capture data for that habit for the whole year. So in column A, we're going to put the goals for each habit. But you can build this any way you want to. You don't even have to have a, a column for goals if you don't want to. But it is motivational to see a goal and see yourself moving towards that goal. You know that. But it's also really good behavioral science. So you can put your goals in column A for each habit. Then in column B, you can put the pace. So you can write a little formula here that extrapolates or projects how you will finish the year based on your progress so far. And that makes it easier to see how you're doing compared to your goal. Another way the Optimal Habits Checklist measures your progress is by counting the number of habits you do in a given day. So in row one at the top of each column, calculate how many items are done in that column. So for that day. And then the next way the Optimal Habits Checklist measures progress is by keeping an average of the days. So how many items you've done per day on average for that year. This is really valuable when you have a bad day. And you're going to have a bad day over the course of a year. You're going to have a few bad days. Maybe you're on vacation. Maybe you're sick. 
So if you have a bad day and you only do three or four or five of your items instead of 25 or 30, that can be demoralizing, except if you're counting the average number of items done per day, then that average actually doesn't change much if you have one bad day. It doesn't change much if you have a few bad days because it's averaging over 366 days in 2024, 365 days in a normal year. And you'll notice that one bad day does not make that daily average go down very much after you're a few months into the year. So that if you have a bad day, all is not lost. You know, it doesn't change the average that much and you can continue to be motivated by your average day. So let's go back and look at column C where we're measuring the annual impact of each habit. So for a lot of habits, you do want to count the number of X's. So it's just going to be a count formula, but that doesn't make sense for every habit. So for some habits, you may want to do the average. So for your weight, for instance, or resting heart rate, you want to keep an average, your average weight and your average resting heart rate. By the way, a little trick is to extend that out to the second or third decimal place, and then you can see the impact each day has on that average. Once you get a couple of hundred days in, one decimal place is probably not going to show you a big change. And so if you move that decimal point out to about the third place, then you can see it change. And seeing it change is motivational. So that's a little pro tip for you. We can measure count in this column. We can measure average in this column. You can also add up the number of minutes or miles for your exercise. So you can add up the number of minutes of walking. So it's not just that you do an average number every day, or that's, that's a fine way to measure it actually, but it may be better to measure total number of minutes walked as a total for the year and total number of miles run as a total for the year instead of an average per day. But whichever one works for you, just know that in this column C, you can capture data for the year in different ways based on whatever makes sense for that particular habit. Okay, guys, that's it. That's the optimal habits checklist. Feel free to use any of the items that you see on my optimal habits checklist, but also remember that this is up to you. Track what's meaningful to you, what matters to you. Okay, I'll leave you with a quote from Arthur Brooks. He said, lasting happiness comes from habits and by habits, I don't mean mindless routines. I mean mindful daily practices. The kind of mindful daily practices that the Optimal Habits Checklist helps us track. And by the way, Arthur Brooks is a good person to take advice from. Search Arthur Brooks and, and see all the things he's done. But one of the things he's done is he wrote a book called From Strength to Strength. Now, if you're 50 years old or older, I recommend this book. If you're not yet 50 years old, save it for later. In addition to Atomic Habits by James Clear and From Strength to Strength by Arthur Brooks, if you're over 50, I also recommend a couple of other books on habits. The Power of Habits by Charles Duhigg is very good. High Performance Habits by Brendan Bouchard is good. And Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg. And there's old classics that are still very relevant. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Thank you for listening to this podcast or watching this YouTube video of Bite Size Behavioral Science. If you like it, please subscribe and go forth and improve yourself and the world. Oh.